The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after after show. Okay, we're going to uh, clear up a mistake that was made on the last show. Jerry Lewis was not Jerry Lewis. It was... Jerry Rice. Who's Jerry Rice? It's like a guy that hmm. plays that game that you throw the Fo- ball. The football. He's wow. American football. That's it, bro. Yeah, American may- football Maybe player. the best receiver of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He smokes the Churchill, by the way, on the golf course. Oh, all right. Jerry Lewis was a, Speaking a comedian. Of fo- football, somebody asked on the show uh, if you have a favorite football team, soccer. Yeah, United, mate. There's only one team. Man U? Yeah. I'll agree with that. There's only one team. You'll agree with that. You watch Mm. it? I watch EPL every Saturday. What about the revolution? That's (laughs) like minor leagues. Your minor leagues. Whoa. All right. So uh, today's topic on the after show is um, if you were opening a cigar shop, I'm looking for for the Create your own ideal cigar shop. Ultimate? The ultimate cigar shop? Well, the ideal cigar shop because it has to become... You know, you have all the money you want to spend, so money is no object, but you have to put your business hat on. So uh, do I have Ed Sullivan-type money? Yes. Okay. Uh, You don't have to spend it, but you have to actually try to create a profitable business. If I have Ed Sullivan's money, I'm spending it. Yeah? Yeah. I'm lighting lighting my cigars with my money. Listen, you spend a lot of money, though. How do you end up becoming profitable? You better build a big boom in business. So where do you put it? What do you put in it? Well, that's the number one thing is the reason why they say location three times is location is your number one thing for consideration. Akil, you've been around everywhere, yeah. seen good cigar shops, bad right. cigar shops. Golden rule, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Make it better than the guy's own house. At what? Make it better than the guy's own house. <laughs> oh, then, there's all, then the people, absolutely true. Golden rule. Because why would he go to your house if, if his house is even better, right? Absolutely. So you figure it out and you say, you know what? Someone wants to come here because it's better than what they already have. Yes, absolutely. That's I, it. I have a problem actually going to hotels <laughs> because I remember before when I didn't have money, I'd go to a hotel and it was nicer than my house. Man. How did I go to a, ho- a hotel? And it, it's not as nice. not as nice. No. My house is better than a hotel. So, Man. And just as big, by the way. I got a giant. Well, you got generations of people living there. Yes. Um, I mean, I I think the mistake a lot of people make is to be undercapitalized from the get go. Yep. So so that take this takes that away. So do you put it in Jonathan saying location location? You put it in a great location, easy for people to get to. Maybe a major metropolitan city or. just easy off the highway. It has to be just outside a major city with a place that has its own parking. 
Yes, yes. Because, you know, if you go into Boston, you're not going to spend a half hour, 45 minutes looking for a spot. Or paying $50 to get the spot, park, right? Correct. Right? Yeah, I would, and I, I had done some research on this before the clubhouse, and the uh, industry standard is four spaces per 1,000 square feet. And in the case of a cigar shop, that's for grab-and-go traffic. In addition to that, you need traffic if you're going to ha- – you need parking spaces for people that are going to be using the lounge if you have a lounge. Do you put alcohol in there or not? <coughs> and, your pro- I wouldn't. and your profit when it comes to the store is about cigars. You can't – the profit on the alcohol goes to your partner who is just handling the alcohol and you don't get My any. My partner's Ed Sullivan, so he can, yeah. he can have all that. Yeah. Well, I'm not putting it in. I, no. say, I say yes because it adds to making it a destination location. It makes it a single cigar serving spot is I, what it does. I 100% disagree with that. If you, you go have, to you cigar bars right, all the time, when was the last have, time you bought a, well, a box of cigars at the cigar bar? I drop $100 every time I go to a cigar bar. Yeah, because you're an not alcoholic. On, not on not the because alcohol. you're smoking. Not on the alcohol. Not on the alcohol. Not on the alcohol. Um, you know, you, what percentage of lounge to cigar store? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. It depends on the size of the shop. I mean, if you have a 1,500-square-foot shop, 1,200 of it has to be for a lounge. If you have a 4,000-square-foot shop. You have 1,500-square-foot store, 1,200 is lounge, and 300 No, 1,200 is cigars. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. If you have a 4,000... I think 90-10 is a fair Yeah, but 90-10, if you have a 5,000-square-foot place, if you have 6,000 brands, that's overkill. You're confusing the consumer. So I think how much is devoted to the cigars has to be factored into how big the shop is. All right. We spoke to somebody on the clubhouse that has 4,000 facings. I know. That's overkill because you would get be so overwhelmed that you would just wind up grabbing one and walking out just because it's too much. So one thing that comes up is do you go deep or do you go wide? And Akil, how many sizes do you want a store to carry of one of your lines of cigars um obviously all of them but no but i thought i thought you weren't talking about cigars for a minute dave but um (laughs) no No, um yeah i like to have uh people represent the product properly so whatever that means it depends on the place like if you've got a bar that you know i tell the guy i say listen don't open people up unless they buy x right but that's a guideline because if they don't have the space, but you get representation and it's a decent percentage um, off the humidor, um, then yeah, you can do it. But it depends on a case by case, by case basis, really. Um, but in terms of cigar shops, cigar lounges, you know, I like eight facings. Yeah, you need to have at least 36 inches. Well, I think. At least. <laughs> I guess, yeah, huh? Well, I That's know. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, you know. Where you see, where I see the trend is, you know, with this pandemic and everything, everyone's going online, right? So which are the places that are surviving? It's the ones that, not just in cigars, but it's the ones that are providing experiences. Absolutely. So now, work. yeah, right. So you get it. So now you have to think, okay, why is someone going to come here? Now, if you have a lounge, you don't make any money from selling a cigar. Right, someone smokes it, they leave. They use the air conditioning level. Right. right, it's all about how to add value. Okay, so if the lounge is like an add-on, you know, whereas if you just retail, you know, people aren't going to come, so you're not going to get that customer. So you have to figure out what's the marketing angle and where your money's being made. So, 
Yeah, it doesn't always have to be. It seems we talked about copycat industry that it is, uh, and everybody says, okay, I'm going to put a cigar store in a lounge that serves alcohol or coffee, and that's it. And nobody really says, okay, there's other things you could possibly do. You could put a podcast studio in your store Mm -hmm. if you wanted to do it. Um, You know, you could put a restaurant. You could put um, other items that could be sold that would be a reason for I think our biggest asset since the pandemic has been our 50-person function room. Function room, because now we have a place to put people when we throw an event. And an event is not buy three, get one free. That's a travesty. An event is, (laughs) you like Akil was saying, you... You come into the store and you have an experience. So when we have a manufacturer here uh, representing it or sponsoring an event, they Educate come up the on the product. stage and they talk about their product. They tell their story and they develop a connection with the audience, which is those 50 people that are here for the event. Right. That's an experience. That's a reason why you may come to Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem versus go to another cigar store whose idea of an or, event is buy three, get one free. Or combine it with entertainment, like, I don't know, smoky karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. we, but you're saying that the 50-person event it doesn't happen until you're well-established. That's so not if true. You're, if you're creating a new cigar shop in your first opening, it's harder to get a major player to come up to it until you've established Well, the major yourself. player doesn't always have to be a cigar person. Mm-hmm. Right, if it was a sports celebrity, uh, Jerry Rice, you know, <laughs> did you got him? And and you know, I, I've done you know Red Auerbach. We did cigar yeah. dinners with Red Auerbach, and it wasn't about the cigar; it was about him. And then bring them. We did the meatball event where you come in. Everybody has a different meatball right. competition. Even before we did that, we used to do it with um, chili, chili to, chowder. To, Would that yeah. have worked the first year you opened up? No. Right, so you need to, to become you, established. Yeah, yeah. But it probably would have worked the first year I opened in New Hampshire only because I had 10 years under my belt and I knew mm-hmm. how to do the store in the first place right. and I had money to be able to invest right. into it. Again, and, this and person had a has, customer has, base that followed you no, too. But, but now you have this new business that you created with all the money mm-hmm. you need to do it. So you promote and advertise mm-hmm. the grand opening and you blow it up like you've been in business for forever <laughs> and, and you have this event going on and build it from there. Do you think... Using Nick Perdomo as an example, hey, I'm opening up a new cigar lounge. This is what it is. It's four thousand square feet. I have all the I have high end leather couches and chairs. I'm devoting X amount of space to your brand. It's our first day open. I want you to come up to the event. Possibly, but not, you might be able to not, score Nick Perdomo. Not guaranteed. No, nothing's guaranteed. We can't guarantee we're going to be able to book well, now, Nick Perdomo. Thirty years of business, or even going back fifteen years, you know, thirty-six years. If you go back sixteen years, twenty years, you would get it in a heartbeat. Okay, so let's take a the rocky first week. Take he, a Rocky Patel, for instance, that he opened Burn. He opens a, a new Burn location in Pennsylvania, and there's a line out the door the day he opens, because, like nightclubs and bars did. Why can't that be, work in a cigar because shop? Because he already has a following. If you have a new cigar shop, chances are you don't have that following yet. Well, now you bring the right people in to mm-hmm. do it, and you hire that person to end up showing up. The day we opened this store that we're in here, in the, the second store of Salem that we put here, it was January 4th, 2001. It had 18 inches of snow that day. <laughs> 18 inches yeah. <laughs> on, as I'm driving up here trying to 
be able to get into yeah. into the parking lot. It was jam packed that day. All your customers from Massachusetts came up to, hey, you're opening up a new place. We're going to support you because I hyped it up so much in advance. Yeah, but if it was the first time you ever opened up a store and nobody knew who David Garofalo was, would people have braved that 18 inch snowstorm? Can I vote Barry off the island? He's I don't too know. negative. Oh, look at you talking about negative, Jonathan. <laughs> I, think, I think those events come over time, and I think to build the cigar shop into becoming profitable. So your business is going to go out of, you're going to go out of business in the first expect, year because you're not you going to even throw one event. You can't, no, you're going to throw you're gonna events. You're going to wait until you build your clientele. You're going to throw events, but at that point, well, it you're doesn't in the shop. Have, it doesn't have to day one, but day one is your grand opening day, and then you have all the reps there talking about your product because chances are the guy coming into your shop doesn't know brand X, Y, and Z. They might know A, B, and C, but you need to start educating the consumer, and that's where the employees become a huge factor in a new cigar shop. Kathy Kelly does the rep roast. Yeah, she does yeah. Year. great she, event. Love Kathleen. She gets the reps to come up and be the entertainment for mm -hmm. that night. It's it's genius, <laughs> and. They pack the place. They sell it out each time and stuff. And we're talking about a state with 75% tax. You end up doing it. You got to look out of the box and not go to, okay, this is what everybody else does because it's not special if everybody else does it. We're trying this smoky karaoke thing. I don't know if it's ever been done before, but we said, okay, let's give it a shot. Serve Chinese food. Karaoke, when they let the people in the audience be the singers that night. Is it going to be a bomb? I don't know. But we were worried about the meatball. Was that going to be a bomb? Where everybody, we well, we were celebrating serving. my birthday the first year. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't going to well, I mean, I'm going to come to Smoky Karaoke because I know the staff. I know a lot of the customers. It should be a lot of fun. If a place opening for the first time is opening up with a karaoke event, I'm going to be like, ah, that might be a train wreck. I'm going to wait a couple weeks before Maybe I go. Maybe all the more to come to the train wreck. <laughs> I want to see the train wreck. Yeah, I I don't think you can let the fact that people may not show up stop you from doing something, right? Because, uh, you know, I, the, the joke in smoke, for example, we had no idea. Is anybody going to come out correct. in pandemic times? And so we did a pandemic comedy <laughs> night. The comedians couldn't even get a gig because nobody would hire them because the pandemic. We hired them in a cigar shop, these poor guys. But all, it was fun. All-star lineup. Yeah. Uh, we, we got the best guys for the lowest amount of money. <laughs> Uh, have you done anybody's grand opening of a store? Oh, I've done a few. Really? Yeah. So, so they got the key guy to come from another country to Panama do the grand opening City of, their of store. all places. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dave, I've done some interesting ones. There's one that stands out actually. Yeah. The waitresses. Uh, well, it was it was a high end. I can't name the place. Okay. It was a high end, you know, Davidoff Lounge, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you know they'd be serving this great food, and the steak came out. The waitress would like. You know, stroke my shoulder when hmm. she, they were they were serving the food, and you know when it's food, I'm like, well, what are you doing? You know, like this is weird. <laughs> Turns out they were strippers. Okay, um, <laughs> and that's what they do. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's different different ways. Yeah, oh, she's loving it. <laughs> so you <laughs> knew, right? <laughs> you say dessert was included. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to go there. But the uh, <clears throat> point is that yeah, you're right. It's about the experience and. Uh, you know, we're in an adult business, okay? Just not to uh, beat around the bush, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it literally is an experience. I've, that's one that stood out. Um, you know, I've done a couple of others. And, you know, what <clears throat> from a manufacturer's point of view, from my, my side, what I want to do, grand opening, no grand opening, but especially if it's their day, 
right? I want to make sure that everyone who comes in that door, because this is their big day, yeah. and I want to make sure that everyone who comes in has the best experience they possibly sure. can. And sure. that's, you know, it takes preparation. It, it, there's a lot of things involved in that. But, yeah, going back to the whole thing, it's you don't get a second chance at a first impression. Yeah. And that's the key thing. So yeah. the, one of the things I will say, uh, you know, if there's somebody out there listening, thinking op- opening a cigar shop, and because you already – it happens a lot of times. Somebody's successful in business, they're going to retire, and then they say, I'm going to open up a cigar shop when I retire. So they have plenty of money to end up doing it. A lot of times it's wasted money in the wrong thing. But build your cigar store with the experience in mind to be different than your local competitors, certainly be different. Mm. We have a lot of good stores here in New Hampshire. We're all different from each other, and that's why they all succeed. Because if they all tried to be me, it would be very, very tough. If I tried to be them, it would be very tough. So we become different. I go into another state, Rhode Island, for instance, not far from here. Everybody carries the same exact cigars, Mm. every single store that ends up doing it. And boy, you're missing the opportunity to be a little different than the other store and a reason to go to that store. So you look at it, look at the area you're in and say, what can I provide better than the competitors that are out there or different? Well, one thing that we do, and we specialize in brands like Regis, where we go after the smaller companies to find the next diamond in the rough Absolutely. to be able to help create that brand and build some brand loyalty within the shop. And that is something that separates us from our competition. And some stores will take the opposite approach and say, I'm only carrying best sellers. And boy, that's a mistake to end up doing it because the best sellers at the gas station, online, mm-hmm. everywhere, everybody has the best sellers. So I think that's key. I think you don't carry legacy brands outside a couple of the staples. So you have the guy that comes in who's used to buying online or, you know, those legacy brands. Yeah, you have it because he asks for it, but you quickly show him something better yeah. that you got to take him away from the online yeah. thing. When I open the store, our competitors in those days, this is 1985 now, drug stores were big cigar sellers. And we carried other things than the drug stores. And when somebody would come in and ask for the drugstore brand, I would say to them, oh, they'd, they'd say the name of the cigar. And I would say, oh, that's a drugstore brand. Let me show you something. And they go, what do you mean the drugstore brand? I said, you were getting them at the drugstore, right? Yeah. This is a cigar shop. Let me show you. And actually kind of say to them, it's a different thing. Like I would could say today, oh, that's yes. a convenience store brand, or that's an online brand. Let me show you this. I'm not saying anything bad, but I'm telling the mm-hmm. truth. That's but, an online brand. That's a drug drugstore brand. That's a convenience store brand. Let me show you a premium but, cigar. But I also feel if you carry it, you know, at least you have the credibility that you have it, and then you can always show mm. them that. That'll so, be an argument Jonathan will always make to me. Let's yeah. keep it in here as a tool yes. to show. Mm-hmm. We but, do have it, but let me show you something. Yeah. So have it by the box at the yeah. very least. So mm-hmm. so I actually like the wine business for this, right? So I, I like Burgundy yep. wines, right? So I don't know, story. Sounds story so brand. regal when you say No, <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> you look at, you know, Romain Contis, you look at uh, Jean Sanoui, you look at Louis Latour, all of these guys – Great brands, great wines. Can't drink them every day, right? But then all you need is someone to say, we have those, but try this. And that's where the event comes in. Because now there's a tasting or something that happens and you're like, oh, well, I kind of like this. And you know what? It's not $100 a bottle. And then you can, you know, enjoy it uh, for what it is, but it opens your horizon. And the retailer in this business, it's like cars, right? 
you look at a car and you don't know what's underneath it, okay? Yeah. Every cigar looks the same, sure. more or less. Sure. So you're the gatekeeper for the experience that this person is about to have. And you probably get two, maybe three shots at this. And if you mess it up, that guy's not coming back. Yeah, you need the education. The staff needs yeah. the education too to be able to pull that off. It's time for the strength and character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars, the icon of uncompromised values. There are six pillars of character, trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. And we've gone through all the fairness, and we're on the last one of caring, and that is show empathy. You guys show empathy? It's an important factor in, uh, in life. Show empathy of others? I'll say yes. Yes. As soon as we found out Jonathan was COVID positive, I reached out to him, said, if you need me to bring anything, I'm vaccinated, I'm comfortable coming to your house. Huh? I had to he, respond that I wasn't comfortable with him coming yeah, to your house. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he never acknowledged it. He never said, I appreciate the offer. He just left it on record. Maybe he was yeah. sick to death in, the, in bed and not looking at his email. Right. Uh, I did have some pretty severe light sensitivity the first couple of days. That was brutal. Dave, I don't think I, I have empathy because when I heard about Jonathan, I said, fuck him. Yeah. yeah, and you didn't text him or nothing because no. you don't want to catch COVID over your text. <laughs> exactly. I, too, did reach out to you a yeah. couple of times and said, what do you need? I'll drop it off at the house. I didn't say I was coming in, but I was going to drop it off. Did he ask for a mac and cheese? He said, I'm all set. Huh? And uh, It was good. I had plenty of food. But I said I'd take you to the hospital, actually. Yep. I'll pick you up and take you to the hospital, so I would have been in the car. He with just him. calls an ambulance if he has problems. Yes, that's what Not anymore. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> These are hard things to, to, to get through to, you know, be a better person. Akil, but, do you but have Akil, empathy? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, empathy, I think you guys, honestly, is confused with sympathy, right? Okay. Empathy means that you actually have been in the same position as that person. Sympathy mm. means you feel bad for them, right? Or you want to... You know, uh, show your caring and stuff. And empathy is so. Neither one of these dudes had empathy because neither one of them has had COVID. So they technically, really, that's correct. Yes, they just because they were just em- paying lip service and trying yes. to say the right thing. Yeah, they didn't I didn't have it. COVID, but I had the flu. I, you, you, yeah. You're homesick with the <laughs> right. flu. Okay, so but in the meaning of the word, right? We can get away from that. But yeah, especially in these times, I think it's important to send a text. You know, something you haven't spoken to someone in a while, and to show that. You know, you're thinking of them. It, it, it helps people, and it makes it makes people's mental health a little bit better. I think of you often, Akil. Please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, please don't say that. <laughs> All right, that's it for the after show, everybody. Uh, next week on the show, dumb things people do to cigars. Or with cigars, two cigars, <laughs> with cigars. Bill Clinton has to be mentioned. There we go. <laughs> Start figuring out Jesus. your little list. Right. <laughs> Was that dumb? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Stick so at, the at, lid end in your mouth. You might like it. Or the Utland really? end in your, you know, who what? The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.